Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's our talking absolute rubbish. Absolute rubbish. As long as I say we can persuade Willie to stay in Ireland, we'll stay in England. TSI, get stuck in. And here's a new people chasing star. It's Gallop Anderson who gallops to glory in the Gold Cup. That's probably the most ridiculous question. It is, I know, but I had to ask um, you. No, you didn't have to ask me. You're calling out prices. Bookmakers prices on this channel, right? Yep. You couldn't have two bananas to a banana with the bookmaker. Jumped in like a bag of hammers. The racing is under such scrutiny. Ah, if you don't like racing, go and watch Peppa Pig. Welcome to the Final Forum Podcast. I'm Emerson Kennedy, joined by my cousin, finally, for the first time on the <laughs> show, William Kennedy. Welcome along to the Final Forum Podcast. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me, cuz. <laughs> First bit of Russian disinformation and fake news. We're not related. Although, if we did some kind of BBC, who do you think you are type of, maybe we would actually be distant cousins in the background. How is retirement treating former jockey William Kennedy? Second bit of Russian. Uh, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, um, no. Um, look, it, it, uh, it comes to everybody, uh, unfortunately. And um, uh, the time seemed um, right at the time. Um, fast forward six months, um, part of me wished I didn't. But as my partner said, um, nobody was wanting you when you were riding. They're not going to want you now. So the idea of going back um, was quickly uh, drenched. Harsh. Harsh, but fair <laughs> yeah, but, from your partner. But very fair. Uh, but very fair, I have to say. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, no, we're, um, we're, we're keeping nice and busy. Uh, still probably haven't found what I'm um, going to do for the next 25 years, but um, keeping busy and, and keeping an ear to the ground for something to come my way. Do you feel that that's something that should be done a bit better for jockeys, that when you're in the height of no. your career? Davey Russell talked about this, that he said he was going back for mm-hmm. naps after riding out and that he should have been using that time to upskill. Was there ever encouragement yeah, but- given to you by the jockey club or the BHA or the PJA to, to upskill or is is it all about the race for jockeys and the day-to-day grind? For a jockey it's all about the race and the day-to-day grind um, but the um, it is there for you. We have Jets over here um, it's a great organisation they are so willing to help you in anything you want to do they pay for 80% of so much retraining that you want to do um, and I think I definitely didn't utilize it enough through my career. I'm using it now to do a few things. I know some people who have used it. Uh, I know for a fact, I know Daryl Jacob actually got a HGV license through it. Um, Whether he'll ever actually drive a truck for a living is another thing, but he has it there. Um, There's other guys who have used it for different things. Um, And yeah, I I probably should have um, utilized it better whilst I was riding. I think Davy Russell's point was really, really good, and, and and I do think I think you've got a similar um, setup in Ireland. But Jets is brilliant over here, and, and and I'm a jockey, do a bit of jockey coaching now, and I really try and tell any young lad that um, they should use it as much as possible. Excellent. Well, I'm really looking forward to getting your insight ahead of the weekend's racing. Um, we can put your expertise to good use, and I hope this is something you'll be doing a lot more of as well, because 
you do have great insight into the game and I'm looking forward to getting it for this weekend. First race we're going to talk about is the race that is the most talked about on X, formerly known as Twitter. Fighting fifth. Is Constitution Hill actually going to run? Well, he's over the first hurdle in that he's been declared. Is the race meeting going to go ahead? Uh, might be another conversation as well. He is the superstar. He's going to take up a massive chunk of this market, rightly so. 9-2 to two on. He's unbeaten at Sandown. So is Love Envoy. Second in the Mayor's Hurdle. 7-1 to one shot for Johnny Burke and Harry Fry, uh, making your seasonal debut. You wear it well. The Jack de Bromhead Mayor's Novice Hurdle winner has already had a run. She was a good winner of that. Gavin Sheehan, hero of last weekend in the Hennessy. Uh, for Jamie Snowden, a 14-1 to one shot. The old boy Shishkin. James Bowen on board, good friend of the show, 16 to 1. Goshen, if he causes the upset here, George Gorman will never shut up about this if Goshen manages to go and win. So that'll be a fun show on Monday if he does. And good old Not So Sleepy for Sean Bowen and Huey Morrison. What do you want to see from Constitution Hill on Saturday? I just think, I mean, what, what, I think he'll win. I mean, I don't know what, what I want to see from him. I think the ground is going to be um, atrocious if, um, if it goes ahead at all. I, I think that... The forecasts to tonight and then again tomorrow night for Sandown is horrendous. So it's going to be very, very hard work. Uh, I think I think there's nothing in the race, barring incidents, that um, that'll touch him really. I mean, Love Envoy will love the ground, won't she? Um, uh, it's her first run of the year, and she'll, I'm sure, improve a little bit for it. But um, Harry will have her ready. But can she get close to him? No. She, um, Shishkin with him, we just want to see him jump off and, and I'm sure it's it's just a case of getting him uh, a race course uh, run into him before he um, has targets later in the season but Nick will keep it pretty simple and bounce out handy away and, and just get him into a rhythm jumping and um, yeah I think I think um, it's, it's a one horse race It does appear that way to be fair and for those who did take the twos on about him you're kind of halfway there we will see if he's going to be able to get the job done in terms of Shishkin you made a great point to me before this why not run him in the Tingle Creek? I was saying to George and to Katie on Monday, I have a feeling Shishkin's going to pull off an upset in this. It never dawned on me about him going for the Tingle Creek. Cheek pieces are left off, back over hurdles, James Bowen on board, a terrific jockey. What do you want to see from him? Well, I don't think he can cause an upset, really. I think um, that'd be a huge surprise to me. But I was thinking this morning, and then I said it to you, and I kind of thought, why is he going back over hurdles? Why, why not the Tingle to Creek? It's sort of, um, I think, look, he's not a two miler anymore, but he was. I think if he's over two mile, he'd a better chance of beating Edward Stone and John Bond than he does Constitution Hill. So, um, why wouldn't you have gone for the Tingle Creek? That was, I thought that this morning, and I said it to you, and you sort of half seem to agree with me. What do you want to see from him? I think you just want to see him jump off and and. Um, and travel away around and, and 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 finish his race off nicely, and then um, look look to where you're going after that with him. But um, I, I don't expect to see any um, anything spectacular from him. Um, uh, he he seemed to he jumped his probably jumped his fences better than he jumped his hurdles. So he's probably going to jump his hurdles maybe a little bit slow on on Saturday, which again is another disadvantage in a in a in a grade in a grade one over hurdles. You know, once he's made that mistake mistake once he's played up at the start in the manner and in the way that he did and maybe the blinkers just spectacularly backfired but how much of a worry is it that he'll do it again with a view to him lining up in the king george um well the worry is always going to be there but um he, he was just messing up at the start a little bit the last day and there's a really interesting thing which i don't know if i didn't personally see anybody talking about it but i think it was two days before um ascot 
Uh, although I'm retired, I still get the odd email from the BHA to suggest any uh, rule changes or anything like that. And there was a change to the rules where the starters are now not allowed to have a hunting crop at the start. Mm. Not that they ever use it for contact, but um, a crack of a whip behind a horse um, just often gets them going. And within 48 hours of that rule stopped, Shishkin whips around the start and doesn't go. And um, just wondered, uh, really found that interesting. And I thought, mm, I wonder if that hunting crop had been there, might he have jumped off. So that's, it wouldn't be going near Shishkin. It's more about they smack it on the ground to make the noise. Is that it? Well, it's a hunting crop, so it may, it, it's a it's a, it makes a it makes a loud crack. Yeah, when he was acting up a little bit, just backing off before the before they even lined up, uh, I'm pretty sure, um, forty hours beforehand, there'd have been a crack of that whip as the as the tapes went back. Uh, of the two mares, which one do you think is going to advance their mares hurdle claims for the Cheltenham Festival more, Love Envoy or You Wear It Well? Well, I don't think Love Envoy has to advance it. I think she's she's um, she's going to line up in the mare's hurdle, um, pretty guaranteed. And and you wear it well. I mean, I know that's her target, and and, and the chances are she's going to line up in it too. But I suppose she's been on the upgrade, and but she's got to take another step forward if she's going to um, um, put herself into the limelight for that race in March. She, I, t- I spoke to Harry Fry about her recently enough. Uh, she posted a racing post rating in the mare's hurdle that would have been good enough to win nine of the last 10 runnings. She mm. just happens to bump in to the mighty honeysuckle yeah. on that day. And by the way, if she had won, she probably, they probably would have had to have been escorted out of the place with security because the emotions that were running high after honeysuckle yeah. won, it was an incredible occasion. And if she had bopped, if she had burst that bubble, that, that would not have gone down well, but she's going in very much underrated into the mare's hurdle this season. And initially, I was very much of the view that our oh, love envoy is just the one to be with. She sets the standard. Everyone has to get to her. The more I look at you wear it well, the more I'm starting to think this is the horse. Her or Ashra Diamond are the two that really we should be looking at a bit more. Um, as much as I really like Lossie Mouth, you wear it well can improve an awful lot. Yeah. Um, I think Saturday will tell us a lot about that. Um, I personally, if I had to uh, nail my colors to the now I'd be with Love Envoy. Um, I think if 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 you were to ask me now which one I'd want to ride come March, it'd be Love Envoy. But we'll find out a lot more uh, about where they are, and then obviously Astro Diamond and Lossy Mount. Um, we 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 won't see they won't they won't meet till March. Um, Love Envoy or where well won't meet them till March, so we won't know really won't have anything to um, go on between them, but we will know more about where you wear it well and by, by after Saturday, won't we? Yeah, very much so. Uh, straight forecast, who finishes second to Constitution Hill or can anyone cause a major upset? Oh, wow. That's a, that's a shout. Um, I think Love Envoy. Love Envoy for I the exact ground. I think, I, think, I think Love Envoy will absolutely love the ground, yeah. And she loves the track. She absolutely loves yeah. Sandown as well. I probably require medical attention. The men in white coats are probably going to come bursting through the door here any second and cart me off and just sedate me for a few weeks. I have a sneaky feeling Shishkin's going to run a major race here. And what I'm hoping James Bowen does is just bowl along in front. Soft, I know. 
Uh, now that we're doing video, I can even see you uh, just laughing away and trying to compose yourself. Well, he won't. He well, he won't bowl along in front because he'll have to jump off, and he won't be trying to jump off from the front. That's a good point. That's a very, very good point. And that would actually change how this race is going to play out in terms of the dynamics of it. Uh, the going from turf tracks is currently soft, soft to heavy on the hurdle course. Chase course is soft, good to soft in places. This is the best horse Constitution Hill has faced so far. And he's yes, he's yeah. not getting any younger. But if you were to just go on speed figures, although they are being compiled in very different races, his would be clear of Constitution Hill. So I think James will get a nice little rhythm out of him and be a good second, and maybe, if Constitution Hill isn't feeling it for some bizarre reason, maybe the old boy can cause a bit of an upset. But I like him an awful lot. Look, it's more than likely he's just going to be out there, get a nice little spin, and get him ready for the King George. Finally, in terms of the King George, that's a wide-open market now, given what's gone on with Brave Man's game. And I I have no doubt he'll be cherry ripe on the day, but I have a slight doubt that Brave Man's game is still the same horse he was last year. What do you think of Shishkin's King George prospects? I'd be with him. I mean, I think he's got to have he's got to have a chance. You want to see him really. I think he'll jump off and seven, but you kind of want to see him down to start on Saturday. Really not walking around thinking about it because he, he obviously had his issues. Um, he's bounced back from them, and then obviously what happened to Ascot was a. I mean, I don't think anybody saw that coming. But no. um, is he thinking about something would be the only thing. I, I think on, on Saturday, jumps off, goes round, doesn't matter where he finishes, and then I'd be I'd be keen for him to run a huge race in King George. It's funny. I can make a case for him beating Constitution Hill. I can make no case for him winning the King George. Can't see it. Now, if, oh, he, right. if he bounces right. off in this race, if he does run a nice race, then I'd be very much back on track with him. He's just going to be a really short price for the King George. And... You're getting 16 to 1 about him now. Shishkin should never be 16 to 1. It's a rare thing to be able to back a horse of his ability at that price. And that's the only thing that attracts me that, to this. Yeah, that's an insult really, isn't it, to have him at 16 to 1 tomorrow? It is. Or Saturday, sorry. Yeah, it, it is. Oh, most people will be listening to this on Friday. Don't worry, you're, you're grand. Um, yeah, I, I, it's too big a price. But against mm. even against Brave Man's game, even though I'm concerned about how he's moving, and hopefully we'll get your thoughts about him on another show. I mean, if, if Jerry Kalam comes over... That's going to be a much trickier race, but that is a wide open contest. Uh, very briefly, are we going to see Constitution Hill 2.0? Oh, we do love to hype these horses up. Willmount, 11.35, the Betfair Claremont Novices Hurdle. It's a listed race, won five times in the last 10 years by Nicky Henderson, including with Constitution Hill when this was just a regular hurdle race before his victory resulted in it being upgraded to a listed. I don't really see any credible threat to him in the betting market. Ollie Murphy and Sean Bones, Booster Bob is a three to one shot, nice horse. Don't think he can beat Wilmount. What's your take on the race? Well, I agree with you, really. And it's 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 a shame. There's four lining up, and he doesn't really have anything to um, to take him on. Um, he was obviously um, a dual bumper winner, point winner, dual bumper winner, and then looked really impressive in Newbury last day. 13-length winner on the bridle, wasn't he? So, um, yeah, uh, we, you just asked me before we started the podcast about... Um, our novices not really having anything to take them on, and then they get to to Cheltenham, and it's a it's a whole new um, step for them. And, and this is this is this is a um, one such point, isn't it? Really? Yeah, we're going to talk about a novice hurdle in Ireland a little bit later on in the show. There's a couple of novice hurdles um, mm. to to talk about, but those races have real depth to them. We'd like to mm. think that those horses that we're going to talk about a little bit later on could someday be Grade One horses. They're probably not going to be, but we don't like to admit that when they're novices. Um, but those horses are 
big guns that are taking each other on very early. You've got multiple runners from Willie's yard, multiple runners from Gordon's yard, all taking one another on. That's not happening in the UK. And I think even the Jericho de Rapinay, who won the other day, like I have no idea what he beat. No one does. I thought George's point yeah. about the fact that Paul Nichols' horse tried to run out twice and isn't beaten that far mm. back and forth, that would be a major concern about the, le- the strength of that form. And I haven't heard anybody else make that point. I thought it was an excellent point from George. Yeah, it was, yeah. Meanwhile, in Ireland, a day later, Firefox beats Ballyburn. They could easily be 1-2 yeah. in the Ballymore or the Supreme, depending on which race the connections want to go for. They're definitely going for a grade one next. Jericho is going to line up oh. in the nice novice hurdle on Boxing Day. St. Stephen's Day is like the first novice hurdle on the, the day. It's a race that Nicky Henderson's got a very good record in. Again, that won't be grade one class. And even the grade one label, that doesn't mean a whole lot at this stage of the season. I'd say Firefox and Ballyburn would have been probably 1-2 in, in the Royal Bond had they lined up in that race. The Irish horses, first of all, I think we have a better quality of horse. But secondly, they're actually gaining experience of taking on really high-class rivals. They're learning a lot in their races. In England, and Nicky Henderson will forget more about training than I'll ever know. I keep saying that phrase. Nicky has a, an incredible record in the Supreme, and particularly with that kind of racehorse, speedy, two-mile, national hunt bred type, an endless amount of them that he turned into superstars. A few of them end up getting beaten in the Supreme. Gordon and Willie's and Henry's horses, they'll just be that little bit more streetwise, I think, and might have a class edge over a horse like him, who could be an absolute superstar. He could be the next John Bon, but John Bon was beaten in the Supreme, and so was Bouvedere. Yeah, but over here, they're just so keen to keep them away from each other, though. I mean, Gordon Gordon just loves to take Willie on. Yeah. And um, over here, that's, they just don't, he just, uh, Gordon, he, Gordon loves to take Gordon on. Gordon will run three um, of, his, of his top ones to, uh, and see which one is the best and, and, and leave poor old Jack saying, go on, Jack, you pick. <laughs> but uh, but he loves to take Willie on also and, and he's not afraid to take Henry on. And, whereas over here, um, They'll really be just trying to stay away from each other, get, give their horse the easiest opportunity, and then uh, we'll, we'll meet you in March. Um, but when March comes, um, the Irish horses, like you say, are probably can be a bit street, more streetwise and, and, and a bit more battle-hardened. Time discloses all. That horse might turn out to be an absolute superstar. I suspect there's a good few superstars yeah. in Ireland, and probably, yeah, God, probably even take, some I, that we haven't I'm even seen taking, yet. Yeah, I'm not taking anything away from this horse. He, he looked really good. And, he he might look really good tomorrow again, and hopefully he does. And and then you you got to be thinking about. It. I think like Booster Bob, he he um he'll he'll run he'll run a big race tomorrow, and, and the ground won't bother him. And 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 he's not a bad yardstick. He's he's look he's probably not Grade One um quality or or maybe even Grade Two quality, but but he's a he's a pretty decent yardstick. And he, he I mean I can't I not t- I don't think this horse is going to beat him by. 25 lengths or anything like that he'll, he'll give him a race yeah I'd agree with that uh, I think it's also very much worth bearing in mind Nicky there's a there was a quote from Nicky Henderson in the Racing Post last week about that horse Jericho the Repinay and it was something along the lines of I have loads of horses who work just as well as him like he was yeah, really trying to down yeah. he was really trying to downplay things uh, and there is a, like an enormous amount of hype and then you look at Wilmount he told the Racing Post for their stable tour um, just before the jump season was kicking in, that he had gone out of his way to acquire the sister of this horse because he was so impressed with him. Now that's that's hype. And yet this fella is a mm. double-figure price for the Supreme, and Jericho de Rapinay was, well, he was initially cut to fours, then pushed out to fives, and 
quietly edged back out to 8-1 to one because nobody was backing a horse at 4-1 to one at this time of the year for the Supreme Novice Hurdle. Um, I think he'll have a George second. George said he touched twos, didn't he? Yes, I still can't confirm this. And I did have <laughs> an odds compiler get in touch with me saying, what the hell is he talking about? Who was that? And can you tell me who the firm was? Um, I, I don't know, but I don't doubt, George. And uh, given the way the betting industry has gone, who the hell knows what's going on? Uh, let's talk about the Beecher Chase. We'll switch to entry for the first time. Before we talk about the race itself, a number of jockeys have expressed concerns about the lowering of the Grand National Fences. They spoke with Matt Chapman. I think they wanted to remain anonymous. Nick Luck picked up on this. He contacted Aintree. They had indeed lowered the fences. Uh, the point that's been made by George and those jockeys to Matt Chapman is that this the intention was to make the fences safer. Their view is that it's backfired because you're now able to jump the fences faster and horses are more inclined to go at a much speedier tempo over those fences. Is that what you're being hearing as well? And are you concerned about the lowering of the Grand National Fences? Yeah, I, I don't think it um I, I don't think it'll have the desired effect. Um I, I don't think that uh, lowering the fences is, is going to make them any any safer to jump. Um I think uh, it, the speed involved is is what causes the problems. Um and lowering the fences just allows you to go faster down to them. The horses don't back off them as much and have as much of a look at them. Um so yeah, I, I think um I think we're we're bowing to um, the outsiders who don't really understand what we're doing. They don't understand racing. They don't understand uh, the race itself. Um, uh, it's it's. I just i I hope it doesn't. I hope it doesn't. I hope I hope they're right. But I I don't think it will have the desired effect. Myself. Yeah, I don't think so either. And I think it's pretty concerning that Matt's able to get those quotes from jockeys. Like, they're not going to say that to him unless they genuinely think it. Um, I understand that everybody is just trying to do what they think is right, and everyone is trying to put in place the safest race possible. But that quote from Ted Walsh, where he said, if you don't like racing, go watch Peppa Pig, the substance of what he was saying gets lost. It's the quote after that that's really interesting. He said, you're pandering to people who don't care about racing and actually want it gone, and they won't be yeah, happy yeah. until it's gone. So I don't know what, and I think it's very difficult to really look at the BHA now and say you're not pandering. The whip rules are all about optics. They're not about welfare. They're adamant. It's got nothing to do with welfare. It's about the perception of the sport and making it look better. That's not working. And it's not making people who are anti-whip suddenly flock to the races. There's no evidence that that's the case, nor is, it, is there any evidence it's making racing better and lowering the fences. If we're going to keep reacting every time something bad happens in a Grand National, then you're, if you keep making changes, you'll change it to the point that the race is unrecognisable or it no longer exists. Yeah, that's the, the sad truth of it. And, and like you say, what Ted Walsh said, if you, if you, it, it's not that they want the small changes we, we're making, they're not keeping anybody happy. They're, they're, they're certainly not keeping the racing industry happy because we we want the we 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 love this sport and we we know what is best in this sport and they're not keeping the people who um want the sport gone because like he said these little changes aren't keeping them happy they just want it gone altogether yeah again i understand everyone's trying to do what they think is the right thing but you gotta call that out when you see it even the dogs are annoyed they're very annoyed at the this dogs, lowering yeah. of the fences. 
All right. Um, betting for the Beach of Chase, Ashtown Lad, 4-1, to one, the defending champion. Percussion for Laura Morgan and Harry Reid. They really are barking about this race. 6-1 uh, shot. The big yeah. breakaway for Harry Cobden and Joe Tizard, 8-1. to one. Celeb Delen, uh, best price, 10s. And Coco Beach, Danny Gilligan uh, keeps the ride, rightly so, after that brilliant victory in the Troy Town. Probably weighted to the gills, though. Uh, a 12-1 to one shot. What's your take on the race? Well, Ashtown Lad, a couple of disappointing runs, but I'm sure he's going to be ready for Saturday. Um, like you say, last year's winner. Um, he's pretty short at four to one for it though, isn't he? Yeah, I think so. Um, ah, the big breakaway. I, I mean, he fell at the second in the, in the, in the national, wasn't it the second? Pretty sure. I think so. Um, I think he's, he, I, I, I like him. I, I like the big breakaway for this. Uh, a good run at Wincanton. He'll, he'll be coming here fit and ready. I, I, I'm, I'm a big fan of the big breakaway. I love the fact that Harry Cobden's going to ride him. He's one of the best in the weighing room. He's one of the best on both sides of the RSC. And if he can get him into a good rhythm, he'll go real close. He'll love the ground yeah. as well. And he has the potential to land a big race like this. Like, it's there. Yeah. I, I was going yeah. through some of the stats for this. Three of the last five winners were making their debut over the Grand National Fences. There used to be a mindset that you had to have experience of the big entry fences. That's not the case recently. But six of the last 16 winners had run in the previous Grand National, and lots of them had bombed out. They'd either been brought down, fell, pulled up. So it doesn't really matter what you've done as long as you've gone over those Grand National Fences for some. And then for others, it doesn't seem to matter if they have the experience at all. He'll love the ground. He should stay. There's a lot of upside to him. I think... um the idea of them having to have a go over the fences was probably when the fences were what they were. I mean, it, that's the difference now, I think. Uh, I think you probably did need to have a spin over them. Uh, I def- My first ever ride over the national fences, um, I can say this now because I'm retired, they were bigger in my day. <laughs> um, but, it's actually, but it's actually true. Uh, they definitely were. And so I think the, having the experience over them is, is something um, of the past, really. Is there still a certain profile or an element about a racehorse that you're looking for to be suited to those fences? Or are they now just different looking, but almost the same as the conventional ones? Um, yeah, I, I mean, I think I think that. I mean, obviously, you don't want to go out in something that's not a, not a brilliant jumper. I mean, but, I mean, Tiger Roll... <laughs> He wasn't a brilliant jumper, was he? No. Um, uh, nor was Pino Dore. Like, if if you watch Pino Dore, eight Nashville getting Pino Dore around there, and they were a bit bigger back then. But um, yeah, I mean, look, you, you want something that um, looks after itself and is clever. You you don't want and too exuberant, probably, and you don't want that um, doesn't jump. So, um, but no, I, I think um, the, it, it's becoming a race now where you can you can run most in, yeah. Yeah, uh, I've come up with a horse at a big price. He does have a couple of letters in his form as opposed to... And to be fair, the big breakaway's got a few letters in his form as well. He does, yeah. But when he's good... Nigel Tristan Davis has won this race six times. Under supervision was initially a very, very interesting runner. But he has way more letters in his form than the horse that I'm going for. And that's the horse who beat him in the Virgin Bet Grinthorpe handicap chase back in March. And then followed that up by running an absolute blinder behind Kitty's Light in the Bet365 handicap chase. And I don't think got the credit for it. And that's Mordor. Mordor. Yeah, uh, I agree. I, 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 I think he could run a huge race. I really do. I, I, yeah, 28-1. I, I, you wouldn't tell me what it was beforehand. No. But I, I do agree with you. I doubt... He he went up 
uh, for, yeah, four pounds for finishing second to Kitty's Light. That was a really good performance. Um, has had a run under his belt. Yes, he he pulled up, but I mean, he just will get there in a little bit better shape for that run, won't he? Yeah, very much so. And to, with the greatest respect to these horses, Kitty's Light would lap this field. Like, like Kitty's Light's a really high class, proper staying chaser. Not Grade One class, but really loves this oh, yeah. kind of staying contest. He is on a career high mark. He's on 140, as you said. His win, his win, I think, was 131 and then up to 136. 131. And then up four pounds after finishing second there. But he could, imp- well, I was going to say he could improve for these fences. Possibly not in this day and age. There's an argument that he's better on good to soft ground, but he has run well on soft. He's won twice and placed four times on soft ground. He stays all day. He's won twice at this distance. You can get 33 to one about him. Yeah. The ground up there will be lovely, though. Uh, that, that I wouldn't. I don't think that ground is going to be too soft. It tends to drain really well, and 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 out on the on the national courses, it's it's different anyway. Uh, I don't think that ground will be too soft, so I wouldn't be I wouldn't be so worried about that for him. Turf tracks are saying that the hurdle and chase track is both soft, good to soft in places. So backing up exactly yeah, what you're saying. There you go. Right, that's yeah. what I'm going to go for. Thirty-three to one shot. Mordor. It'll be Moida in the betting ring if he goes and gets the job done for us. And you're going for the big breakaway, who was my second pick. I just, at eight to one, I can see him winning. I'm just not sure if I can trust them enough to part with cash, which almost certainly means he's going to win, considering I dismissed That's All Right Gino on the basis of Stamina Grounds and uh, dismissed I Am Maximus because, well, Mark doesn't want to ride him and neither does Paul. So he's clearly got no chance and that all blew up in my face last weekend. Well, it tends to uh, do that when when we put our neck in the line. Oh man, oh, that was, that was you it. say he's waited to the gills, but um, Coco Beach could put in a real big show. He is. He's rated one six two. Nine of the last ten winners were rated no higher than one hundred and forty two. Now that's just right. the stats, and it's just what's happened before. It doesn't mean that a horse like Coco Beach was in form. An Irish Grand National Trial winner, a Troy Town winner, just comes along and goes, "I laugh at stats," and goes and does it. Harry Cobden, absolutely, he rode in the National, just said he was the best spin around there. He pulled up before 2 out, I think, but he just absolutely loved him. Um, the National, four mile, whatever, three mile, two, doesn't have as far to go. More weight in his back, but he's, he's, um, he's going there in a rich vein of form. This reminds me of a quote from Eddie O'Leary, and Eddie might have been a bit mischievous with this one. But he was being asked about conflated for the Bedford. Not like Eddie would ever be mischievous. Um, he was being asked about conflated going for the Bedford chase. And he said, I'm paraphrasing, but it was something along the lines of, there's some good grade one staying prizes in Ireland, and we don't travel our horses to Britain outside of Cheltenham. Well, here's Giggins Town at Aitree for the Beecher. <laughs> so maybe that's a tip in itself. Well, maybe, he fan- maybe he fancies them too, yeah. Yeah, possibly. A very interesting runner, particularly with the context of what you just said as well. He would need to beat the stats, but hey, there's no Norval on the show today, so fly away. Right, Betfair Tinkle Creek, grade one, is John Bond, dominant favourite, three to one on favourite. Uh, Edward Stone, who knows? He's been declared for this. You were saying to me just before we started recording that given the fact that he's been declared here, you're leaning more towards Edward Stone lining up in the Tingle Creek than in the Peterborough, which he's also been jocked up for. Yeah, I, th- I think so. I can't see why he would have... Um had uh, declared for this uh, if he wasn't if he wasn't thinking to run them it doesn't make any sense it's he can see he can see what's being declared he can track them now and and um, yeah it, it wouldn't really make any sense to me for that yeah I agree be the case a um, couple of horses who would need to step up but are interesting Boot Hill for Johnny Burke and Harry Fry Harry Fry's horses are going very well eighty percent runners to form in the racing post uh, fourteen to one Hado Desobo I think would have won the last day had he stood up sixteen to one and Nube Negra. 
John John Neal Jr. riding a uh, 25 to 1 shot. Is this just a spin round for John Bon? Well, uh, as Katie Young said, and she's uh, hoping that uh, he was softened up, I think she said. Was that the other words she used at, at Cheltenham? Yeah. Um, I'm not sure he's been softened up, really. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's boring to, um, <laughs> to say that the uh, 130 on shot uh, will win, but I think uh, the 130 on shot will win. Boo! Oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Boo Hill was a uh, Boot Hill was a lucky winner the last day um, at Ascot. Was the uh, horse fell in front of him, and uh, look, he, he he's he's won his last two, and and he's looked really good. But he's got to take another step forward, and um, uh, he could he could he could beat Edward Stone maybe. But yeah, only can beat John Bunn. and 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 I think yeah that that's um I think Edward Stone as well though I think John Bond was ridden I don't think Tom Cannon expected John Bond to be ridden the way John Bond was ridden the last day and therefore was left with a little bit a little bit of no man's land and the race was over before he could do much about it he certainly won't do that on Saturday so do you mean when Nico took the race up. When he when he went up and started pressing, he wasn't expecting him to do that. Yeah. Mm. I, I just don't think he. It, it wouldn't have been the way um, John Bond would have been ridden um, to to that point. Would it in his previous races to be sort of um, really sent on like that? Yeah, I think it probably caught um, Tom a little bit unawares. I mean, look, I. <laughs> I'm struggling to find any reason to get him beaten. There's no logical reason he's beaten. No. Other than what Katie said. And and I think it's a very, very interesting point that he's arguably had an unnecessarily hard race. And is that going to leave him a little bit softened up for the Tingle Creek? It might have been me who used the phrase softened up, by the way. But Katie was very concerned that it was an unnecessarily hard race that he had. Now, the other thing is, maybe he's just improved massively over the summer and the others regressed. And so, like, the speed figure he produced was massive compared to anything he'd done before. And that would back up what Katie's saying, that that's a, a mm. massive performance. But maybe it's such a good performance because everything else just bombed, and he's been able to go on and excel. Yeah. He's the fresher, younger horse coming into the division that really needs a bit of life injected into it. Um, at the start of the season, and this is one of the things Gavin Lynch was saying, that podcast, by the way, available for you now, Gavin Lynch on the Final Front Podcast, really enjoyed talking to him. But Gavin was making the point that we're often set in our ways where we already have our opinions made up. We've formulated our opinions about horses way too far out. And then when it comes to a race, you just have this battle-hardened opinion of, nah, he's going to need to go up and trip if he's going to go and win. And you're not being fluid and thinking about it rationally. And I would have been very much of the mindset, I'm pretty sure I did. I tipped John Bond for the Gold Cup. Or at least I suggested that that would be, if he's going to win a grade one, he's going to have to go out and trip because El Fabiolo will murder him. And if El Fabiolo is going to do that, well, so is an Ergamine. Then an Ergamine is ruled out for the season and there's not really anything in Britain. So suddenly John Bond's ideal for two miles. And even Nicky, I went back over Nicky's interview with Lydia Hislop after the Schlerer chase. He kept saying about going up and trip and that they were thinking about doing that, but looking around, there's nothing there, and he's pretty adamant he wasn't quite right in the Arkle chase. Uh, I'm not having that, by the way. But he was keen to point out, it, it's one all, you know, we beat him at entry. So the only the only thing you can look at in this is, did he have too hard a race the last day, and is that going to catch him out? Just looking at his overall profile, uh, courtesy of the Racing Post, 
He's five from five in the months of November, December. He's run three times on the back of a break of between 15 and 25 days. Uh, it's 20 days in this case. He's won all three. He's won every single start, all seven starts in fields of five or less. There's just not a whole lot there that you're clinging on to with, with one of his rivals. Maybe a horse like Hado de Sobo could be a good one for the forecast. Maybe. That was a, a big performance at Cheltenham the other day when he's fallen, but that's handicap mm. company. Boot Hill, again, I, I think you're right. Like He's won all three handicaps, and he deserves his chance to step up into graded company, but he's flattered a number of times. Um, and Edward Stone has entered for the Peterborough, and Alan King has talked about going for the King George. The fact that he's even in the race is interesting. That is intriguing that Edward Stone has been put in here. And you have to remember how visually impressive he was in this race last year. Yeah, he was. Yeah, I mean, I, I, and obviously, I think, I think he'll run because I think, I think how impressive he was here at, at Sandown. The track, obviously, he loved the track and suited him and he looked really good. I think you've got to, I, I, I can't see him running in the pit chase. I think you've got to go here. You've got to t- you've got to take John Bon on. Um, you, look, John Bon's won here as well, as, uh, and, and, and impressive. But you've got to take him on uh, somewhere that really suits you. You know, there are some very shrewd people on X, for being honest, Twitter, who have been making the case that Edward Stone is a massive price at fifties in a wide open King George. And that price then got cut to thirty threes, and they've been making that case again. And now Alan King is like, ah, actually, maybe we'll stick to two miles. That's gonna break their hearts. Do you give him any chance in the King George? Well, um, you, you sent me across that we were going to talk about that and I sort of thought to myself, well, he's got a line, he's got to go for the Peterborough if he's going to go for the King George and he hasn't. So, <laughs> so that's where we think, well, the King George is now not in, in, in his, in his mind. Um, but then has he got any chance of the King George? The race would be run to suit, but the trip, he, he's, he tried, He's tried two and a half once, and he's finished third. And he, I wouldn't say he didn't stay, but um, I think I'd like to have seen him at least run. If I was thinking about him for the for the King George, I'd like to have at least seen him run over two and a half before stepping him from two straight up. Yeah, it's quite a leap. I think we do remember. He could, he could get placed because I think the race would be really run to suit him. And he could pick up the pieces, but could he be good enough to win a King George? Mm, I'm not sure. So because Kempton is a flat track and because Edward Bleu and Tuchev fought out the finish way back in the day, 19 dickety-doo, um, there's then this thought process from some people that, oh, you actually need a speedy horse stepping up and trip as opposed to a Dara Stair. And that's why some people would be very much against Jerry Kalam. They think he would be awful around Kempton. I think he's got more pace than people give him credit for, personally. And I think he's the most likely winner of the King George if Gordon elects to bring him over. Um, but it is a three-mile chase. So just how much of an emphasis of stamina is there in the King George? And how much is that downplayed in favour of speed? Oh, no, you, you've got to stay. You, you, it's a great, it's a great, great one. You've got they go so hard early that you have to stay. You can't, you can't sustain that that pace through the race if you if you don't stay. Um, but if you are riding t- a horse to run well, the early pace allows you to get your horse switched off, relaxed, and then you will pass horses that haven't stayed, and you can look like you've stayed on, but you're staying on past beaten horses. 
but the, the best ones will not come back to you. You've got to stay uh, for the King George. That's sure a, of it. That's a great shirt. Um, I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued to see how that's going to pan out, but it does look as though he's going to go for the Dingle Creek, assuming it's on. Uh, meanwhile, in Cork, John Bond's conqueror in the Arkle, El Fabiolo, will uh, be out strutting his stuff in place of an ergamine. He goes here. I would imagine Willie's thinking here and then Dublin Racing Festival, although he might bring him, if he does go the Inergamine route, maybe that means Clarence House Chase. Um, irrespective of, I would imagine, two runs, which means that's probably why Captain Guinness did not run this weekend, because that grade one at Christmas time, the Paddy Power Tinder Chase, whatever they're calling it these days, um, that is just going to be, he'll be a long odds-on favourite for that race, and it's a grade one, and he deserves a grade one shot. Uh, taking on John Bond. Yep. I think he would have been really interesting against John Bond, but it just makes much more sense to go for that race instead. El Fabiolo is in another league to this lot, but this is his first step out into open company. So what do you want to see from him in the bar one racing Hillyway chase? Um, yeah, he, he, he step out into open company. Um, it's, a, it's a nice line to use to, to think about maybe there's something there that can get him beat. But um, I, I mean, I think the only thing that can beat him is himself really. But um I suppose the only thing I'd like to see, I'd like to see him be a little bit more mature, um, a bit more respectful at an obstacle. And, and he, he kind of, he just attacks them and he's lucky he's up good, but he makes the odd niggly mistake that um, stepping out into open company when he meets better horses um, may uh, be more of a problem than it will be on Sunday. Um, but I think uh, I'd just like to see him put in a, a, a real clean round of jumping. Okay. He should win this. Um, he is miles yeah. clear. Miles yeah. clear of everything. And I don't think there's any need to dwell too much on the Hillyway chase. Just it's nice to see El Fabiolo back in action. Uh, briefly in the Peterborough, if Edward Stone was rerouted to that race, um, number of interesting entries. Janadil is in there for Willie Mullins. Banbridge, I don't think he would like the ground, but it's interesting to see him entered. Um, anything intriguing to you? Um, well, I, I kind of thought, I think I fell into the, um, fell into the trap that I thought, um, Edward Stone was going to go here, I think. Um, and, and now he's not. So it sort of throws it, uh, out. Um, will, 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 um, will Janadil come over? Don't know. Uh, we could put in a call to Frankie Tightlips, but he's Frankie Tightlips for a reason. So I'm not sure if he would um, pass on the info. Um, I, I, well, well, or which is going to come over, because surely um, Fakir won't if... if well, Jean Nadil does. Yeah, you'd imagine so. I was just checking this out about Fakir Diderese, because there's obviously a thought process that he's much better in the spring. He's actually won three times uh, at this time of year, and has raced six times off uh, the break of 60 days or more. This is 240. Uh, he's won three of those and plays twice. So maybe, and he'll like the ground. He's won on good to soft, he's won on soft, he's won on heavy. So maybe he's more likely to line up in this race. Janadil would be very, very interesting if he was brought over. Um, he's a nice horse. He's a proper graded performer. Uh, he's chased home Alaho, so he's had a nice spin. He didn't, yeah. really, he didn't really do a whole lot that day, to be honest about it. It was just a nice little spin round for him, but I'd imagine, I'd imagine he would take an awful lot of beating if if Willie decided to bring him over. Yeah, 
I, I, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't disagree with that at all. I think um, if 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 he, if if whichever one of them lines up, I think they're probably the 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 one to beat out of out of the out of the field. Um, solo um, is interesting. Yeah, uh, beaten at Exeter, uh, and then Alexi the Nuts went on and was impressive again last week. Um, Paul's horses improve a little bit for the first run, maybe. I'm sure he was ready for Exeter, but um, entitled to say he improved a little bit for that. Yeah, if Janadil didn't line up, Solo is the one I'd be most interested in. I just think th- that's all right. Gino form is there. And um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That looks a whole lot better now. He also has form with Thunder Rock, who beat Mahler Mission, and they've then fought out. That's all right. Gino and Mahler Mission have fought out. So he's, the form reads well and obviously Elixir then we did what he did um, maybe those defeats actually look better in hindsight but Thunder Rock did murder him I just don't know if he's a horse that you can trust all that much no but um, probably not but I mean uh, El Dancer 10 first flow 11 um, I, I, my, my point my point is Jeez. if, if um, if Fakir or Janadil don't run, um, what what does beat him? Will Bam? Yeah, oh, that's, that's a very good. Yeah, this race has fallen apart completely. Solo nap of the week. <laughs> <laughs> Total turnaround. Um, yeah, it's not a. I, I suspect if one of the Irish horses comes over, they will win. It's just a matter of who. Um. Yeah, Banbridge has won on soft ground, but he's much better on good to soft and good. And I don't know why you would bring him to this race on on that on that ground. What are we looking at? Yeah, proper soft ground as well. Um, that's a less than inspiring. I remember this race when Jardikoshe was taking on Best Mate. Yeah, fallen a little bit since then. The, since those days, um, the two mile four Tote Navan Novice Hurdle. This is on the Saturday. See Slate Steel take on Stellar Story, take on Better Days Ahead, Lecky Watson, and Ballystone's in there for the good old prize money. Why not? Apologies to his connections. I'm sure he'll run a nice race. Um, <laughs> look, this is... I, I, I'd imagine this was a tricky enough one for Jack to, to decide because Better Days Ahead was really impressive at Fairy House two weeks ago. Uh, I like Stellar Story an awful lot. Um, I was very... I was surprisingly confident about this horse on in a bumper on New Year's Day when I was hanging out with Shark Hanlon, hosting an event called the Welly Race, which is literally a marathon run in wellies. In Welly. Right, okay. Where that, was this? In Castlecomer, my hometown of Castlecomer and Kilkenny. There's thousands of people turn up. Uh, a couple of hundred take part in it. And uh, it was a marathon of another kind for the Shark because he was the absolute VIP celebrity there's a parade that goes right. on and people were trying to win his affection by dressing up in all kinds of different horse racing outfits and all kinds of different horse racing gear. What a, what a character, by the way, an absolute gentleman. Um, but yeah. I remember being ridiculously bullish that Stella Story was going to win that bumper. He did. I remember thinking this Il Atlantique doesn't find a whole lot off the bridle uh, and Stella Story will duff him up as well. And he did. And then he's gone and beaten Largy Hill on his hurdling debut. I really like this horse. Uh, I, I like pretty much everything in this race. Slate Steel is very exciting horse going forward. Better days ahead. 
recovered from that fall and hurdling debut in Down Royal to go and win at Ferry House. And Lecky Watson, uh, he now I wouldn't be as keen on. He fell in the other day. Um, <laughs> but stellar story. Uh, I think two to one about him might prove to be a little bit too big. And, and he's probably the one I would side with. But I'm sure it was a tricky enough one for Jack to decide between him and Better Days Ahead. I I, I slightly disagree. Let's go. Um, in the, Let's go. Well, no, no, but um, uh, better days ahead for me. Once three mile, and stellar story once two and a half. Or you'd 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 quicker drop stellar story down in trip and better days ahead up in trip um, from two and a half, and therefore um, the 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 option I, I think it was pretty easy for Jack. That's I, a good I, point. I. If I had to choose, um, without sitting on the horses, just by seeing their races and and uh, looking through the form, I I would I would have picked Stellar Stays Ahead. Yeah, to be fair, Better Days so, Ahead sorry, is Stellar Story. Stellar Story over Better Days Ahead. Yeah, I think he wants to, Better Days Ahead wants a trip. Yeah, Better Days Ahead is much more of a potato race horse, Albert Bartlett, uh, than Stellar Story, who's much more of a Ballymore type. Uh, as for Slade Steel. He beat King of Kingsfield, who is an absolute monkey. I mean, even Gordon and Jack have said, if there's any horse in front of you that you want to chase down, it's him. You want him out in front because you will get him. Um, that being said, he did finish second in a grade one the other day, so that's a nice boost to Slade Steels for him. Who do you think is the most likely winner of this? And follow-up, who do you think is the better long-term prospect? Um... I I I I probably think stellar story. I agree with you. Yeah, f- for me, um, better. Uh, they're going to go for better days ahead. The stellar story are going to go for different races. Um, come come the festival, and um, uh, I think the better one, the better of the two for me, probably going to come out to be stellar story. It's a good race, this, and it's proved to be a good race over the years as well. William Mullins has won it with Briar Hill, Next Destination. And his stable superstar, the winning most horse in Cool Sutton, easy game. Who would win the Gold Cup if it wasn't for the fact that the easy game, best horse Willie Mullins trains. The winning most horse. Winning most horse in his yard is easy game. There's one. There's one for the final Fulham Podcast Christmas quiz, which I've now completely given away. Um, he has 18 wins to his name, including, I think it's three of those Goran Park races where he beat Envoy Len and Gentleman's Game who everyone's now talking about as a potential Gold Cup horse. Well, he murdered him at Goran Park. He just needs everything to fall right and the ground to be right. Not that I'm deluding myself at all here. Um, I'm, I'm all over uh, Stellar Story. Uh, Gordon has won this race with No More Heroes, Death Duty, and Jinto. Uh, I thought the world of Jinto, the poor old fella. Uh, in the pocket took this for Henry de Romhead last year. So it's a race they like to win, and they've won it with good horses in the past. Whichever one wins it is a horse to very much follow but I'd be keeping a very close eye on those in behind as well. That's going to be a very informative race. As will the Cork race the next day, the three-mile Singleton Super Value. Stairs, Novice Hurdle, grade three. Uh, we're probably going to see Crow Park in here. And I look, it was a Gordon Elliott-dominated race at the Navin Festival of Racing. They sent him off odds on. He beats Mel Monroe, who'd run well at Cheltenham before that. And with the greatest of respect to everything else in this race, he'll win this. Yeah, the, the, there's a lot of um, there's a there's a lot of summer form, as I would say, with with um, elevated ratings uh, 
which sort of on paper looked like they might take him on. But yeah, I think uh, he, he looks he looks the standout really, doesn't he? Yeah, I, I would think so. Um, all right. Who is your best bet of the weekend, William Kennedy? Constitution Hill. <laughs> However, did you crack that code? What a tip! As my as my first as my first um, my first go on um, the final Furlong podcast, I thought I might um, uh, get a winner, leave with a winner, maybe. Um, we didn't actually talk about. Uh, the novice chase at uh, Sandown, and and I I really uh, JPR one. Oh wait, really that's like because him. I'm a dum dum. That's because I'm a complete and total idiot, and skip the race ridiculously. So, so let's talk about the Betfair Henry the Eighth novices chase because uh, this is a fascinating race. Well done, well done. You've you've bailed me out there, and this is a good betting race as well. By the way, sorry. Um, Gavin, no, no, you're right. Uh, on the day where justice for Gavin Sheehan is done, vindication, his name cleared. That was an absolute farce to do that to him. And I'm delighted to see that that's all been cleared up now and that he's free to continue writing. Uh, utter madness, that was. Uh, Colonel Harry, Ico, JPR1, who was oof, desperately unlucky at Cheltenham the other day. Uh, Le Patreon, Petit Tonnier, and uh, Unexpected Party. The betting should be there, but it's not coming up because my internet is absolutely appallingly bad. Who do you like in the race? I like JPR1. I, I think I think he wins. Um, that he, he's, uh, he is still a favourite. I'm boring, but um, he, he's he's my bet. I, I love the way he went through the race the last day, and he was actually... He was actually so clever at the last was the reason he made the mistake and came down. He was so good with his front feet to not actually brush through the top of the fence that he's, his, he shortened with his front feet, his front half slowed down, his back half then came past him on landing and he just knuckled over and it went... It, it, Unseated rider, slightly harsh. Oh, poor old Brendan, desperately but, harsh. But um, the way he jumped through that race was just impeccable, and that was a one in a hundred mistake that he was really unlucky to not get away with. It reminded me an awful lot of Gallop under Champs fall in the Turners. Yeah, yeah. Which is still one I haven't fully recovered from, by the way. He jumps it perfectly. It's all over and uh, the landing gear just doesn't come out properly. Um, how much of a concern is it though? Like, it is still a fall. How much of a concern is that going into no, the grade one? No, it's not. Wouldn't be, wouldn't be a concern for me. No, he, he didn't. The horse didn't. Um, I, it, 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 it was an unseat. And so it was, although it was harsh on Brendan, um, it was an unseat. The horse hasn't. Shoulder hasn't gone down. He hasn't turned over. He, he. I don't think it will have any um, effect on him whatsoever. And I'm, uh, I'm sure he'll have schooled um, this week one day and had a little pop over a couple of fences just to get his eye in. But no, that won't be a problem for me. So I was very bullish about JPR one this morning. Then I went through the race oh. replays and drilled into the numbers, and I've completely overcomplicated things, which means I'm probably going to end up smacking myself in the face and saying, why didn't you just stick with the obvious one? I'm really interested in Unexpected Party. Yeah, I, um, I, I would agree with you there. 
I can't uh, can't put you off that at all. Uh, I thought it was a, a really decent run um, at Cheltenham the last day, uh, and this um, this is definitely less competitive. Um, uh, I think he will put up a big show. The, um, what is he four or five to one? Yeah, the fives is gone, which is annoying me. I wouldn't want to be taking right. much less than the fours. I really wouldn't want to take like even if he went seven to two, I think I'd switch back to JPR one pretty quickly. But if he stays at that price, two miles on soft ground just seems ideal for him. Um, he was a really yeah. good like he ran some very good races last year, including against that's all right, Gino, in at the Scottish Grand National meeting at air and. You know, that that's all right. You know, form is looking pretty good now. Stage star has kicked him into touch a number of times. They backed him into five to one second favorite for the Paddy Power Gold Cup. Uh, that takes some doing. Yeah. And now they're deciding to drop him back in trip, line up in a grade one. Kiran Gethings takes over for the suspended Harry Skelton. That's a great booking. Kiran's a terrific jockey. Bowl along yeah. out in front and try and turn it. Like, he has stamina, but he's got plenty of pace as well. He doesn't win that often, but this is a winnable race. I think the Paul Nichols horse, he's better fresh, and I don't see why you turned the form around with JPR1. I'm sure there was something wrong that day. I know there was. Yeah, um, well, so, something, something. He bombed out. I was actually down there that day, and he he, um, he looked really comfortable for half of the race, and he, he, he would in five strides. He was just cooked. Yeah. Yeah, it was odd the way he just kind of came to a standstill. Uh, I was covering Colonel Harry's race for TalkSport 2 with Lee McKenzie, and I really liked that performance. He's beaten... The race has fallen apart in that Tamaris just never went a yard that day. He jumped awfully. And Evan Williams, out of office, was given a great spin by Adam Wedge because he desperately needed a confidence boost after a brutal fall at the first yeah. fence on his chasing debut. And Adam got a great tune out of him. But the second Gavin looms up alongside him, it's game over. It's all about Colonel Harry from that point on. And you knew he was going to go and win. I just... I'm sure he's going to win a nice race. I don't think it'll be this weekend, though. No, I agree. I think um, Jamie's horses are in fantastic form in the moment as well, and 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 he's. I mean, I think pretty much every one of his horses is upgrading their um, their form, um, and I think he he this horse has looked really good, and and there's a race somewhere along the line from. But um, I'm I'm kind of with you. I think um, I think he's flattered it to be a second favorite in this. Yeah. I agree. So your nap is constitution. <laughs> the nap is JPR one. Uh, I'm liking that. Yeah, I I really like him. I I, I hope he puts in a, a, a good performance and and um, and wins after um after what happened at Cheltenham. I think it was re- really unlucky. I, I it's possible I've completely overthought this and I'm throwing away a winner, but unexpected party for me. Uh, and my nap is Mordor. 33 to 1 is available. Let's go. Let's swing for the fences and let's go. I will be insufferable bragging on Monday show with Katie and George, or I will just be eating humble pie. It's still the sour taste of it in my mouth and also probably feeling the effects of having a post-JPR1. Really enjoyed this, William. Really enjoyed this. Um, Yeah, thank you very much. This is something you should be doing an awful lot more of. Your your analysis is fantastic and I hope you're going to be doing a lot more and hopefully we'll have you on the show again very very soon as well the Christmas previews are coming up you know Christmas previews are coming up William yeah. so we'll be talking to you about that as well but thoroughly enjoy getting your insight looking forward to talking to you again soon brilliant thank you Emma. Look, look forward to the next day and thank you 
for listening to the Final Furlong Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, five-star rating on your podcast app. I know we say this in every episode, but it really does help with the algorithm. And you've got plenty of more great content, including the episode with Gavin Lynch. Uh, some real pearls of wisdom in there about the novice hurdlers, chasers for the season, championship horses to be looking out for as well. Some great stuff there with Gavin, and that is available for you now beneath this episode on your podcast feed. We'll talk to you again very, very soon on the Final Furlong Podcast. Look after yourself and each other. God bless.